Welcome to the Avenue Podcast, created and produced by Avenue Media. Join our discussions with the construction industry leaders to learn more about the state of the industry, current events, challenges, and the solutions that we can provide as a community. Good morning. This is quite a privilege. Today we are here with our very own Congressman, Vern Buchanan. Always great to be here with you, sir. Thank you for your time and thank you for what you do in D.C. And thank you, Mary, for what you do. Your organization, GCBX, is incredible. We were talking about that earlier, probably 30,000 employees. So it's one of the, you have a huge impact to our region. And I always tell people my main focus when I went to Washington is help small business startups, entrepreneurship. I want to make this area in the state and the country, ideally, the best place to do business. And you have kept your word. We see that all the time. That is your number one priority. And let me tell you how much both the organization and our members appreciate that. But we're living through some really interesting times. Who would have, who would have thought that we'd go through times like we have now between inflation, um, supply side issues? Tell me a little about how are you guys talking about that up in D.C.? Because these are issues of great importance to our members. Yeah, I, I think the biggest challenge is really inflation and really, as a result, my opinion, I'm not an economist, is all the spending. You can't put trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars out there that some of it was necessary because there could have been a lot more people maybe on the street. That would be bad. But I think a lot of it's been frivolous spending. When they look at an infrastructure bill, trillions of dollars, many times it's only 8% that really goes to where it's supposed to go. Or And uh, so I'm just concerned about inflation. It's not just deregulation, as we were talking about a little bit earlier. It's about all the factors. It's about fuels, the expense of vehicles, uh, just the cost of doing business, just in general, uh, workforce issues in terms of getting getting employees. So I think we could probably be doing a lot more than we're even doing, even though many businesses are doing pretty good. But they can, they can only do so much because there's too many restrictors, I call them, okay. uh, in terms of business. And the biggest one is just overall inflation. When you see this region, just to, just in terms of homing, uh, home cost and everything else, and I know it's you're in the commercial side of things, but housing, affordable housing, is just, you know, it's unbelievable. It's gone up some places at 40, 50, 60%. So when they talk about inflation at 7, 7 8%, uh, I don't believe that. I think it's like double digits, and we've got to do something about it sooner than later. Well, and that is an issue that's hitting our members, because what we're hearing from our members is they'll go to the University of Florida or up to Auburn to recruit candidates to come to work for them in this area. And they're offering them good, high-wage, high-skill jobs, but they're turning them down because they can accept jobs elsewhere where the cost of living isn't as high as it is in, in this wonderful place we call home. So these are issues that, while they're on the residential side, also affect the commercial side and affect the whole region? Well, a lot of things are supply and demand. And I would just tell you that uh, in terms, there's 27, soon to be 28 congressional uh, seats in the state in terms of members of Congress and two senators on top of that. So we'll have 30, but we're at, say, 27. But of the 27, we were number two, the fastest growing in Florida. And wow. we grew in 10 years, it's a decade along. In 10 years, we grew 203,000 people, number eight fastest growing in the country. So it's great. Everybody wants to come here, but, you know, trying to meet the demand. And it's even like when I talk to realtors and other things, there's more realtors than there's homes to sell. 
So we're so, having growing pains, obviously. Yeah, so it's a good thing. It's a positive thing. But I think we've got to come together, you know, the city and county, state and federal government, and talk about what more we could do together to help our businesses that you represent. So, and you're doing a lot up in D.C., as we know, um, and maybe even going to be doing more. Can you tell us a little about Ways and Means and what you do on that committee and what might be coming up there? Well, it's kind of like that people feel like it's the most powerful committee in Washington because of its jurisdiction. We do the tax with a tax writing committee. If you go look at it, not, not a committee in the Senate or anything, it all has to start in the committee I'm in. And then you look at, of course, trade one in five jobs in Florida is trade-related. We have a port here, but we have 14 ports in the state, the cruise lines and a lot of other things. So that's huge. That's our jurisdiction is trade, and I've shared that. Uh, the same thing is if you take a look at health care, Medicare, uh, you know, the government, without regardless, set aside the last couple of years, trying to figure that out, but there's almost a trillion dollars that goes through there on Medicare alone. It's probably $750 billion. That goes through our committee. I'm, I'm actually the new uh, leader for Republicans on health care. And that's a big dis, uh, subject, too, for your, your people uh, in your industry and business. Huge cost of uh, is, Yeah, because of, you know, it's, you know, they talked about bending the curve on health care. Uh, and you, it's not just Democrats. It's Republicans, too, just looking at historically. We haven't dealt with a lot of these issues. But... We need to find a way to bend the curve on health care. When I first got in business, first 20 years, we Blue Cross Blue Shield, we paid for everything and everybody. Today, get back to the working family, a lot of it's getting pushed to them. I know our businesses, my sons run, uh, you know, we used to pay for everything. Now we're paying eight, nine hundred. And then the employee, a family of four might be paying six or seven hundred. That's got to stop. And that's one of the things that people don't talk about. But when someone's making a little bit more money, but then they got to pay for their health care where they didn't used to because the employers paid it because it was affordable and they could pay it. Right. So the affordability issue is a huge issue, and that's going to be the biggest thing I'm going to look at. What can we do to start bending the curve on health care costs? Uh, so, and then, of course, our committee does Social Security, over a trillion dollars now. And, uh, you know, those two programs, Medicare and Social Security, and that's why I'm concerned about all this spending. When I do town halls, I'd say a third of the people in our region, and we have a lot of, you know, wealthier people too, but a third have nothing but their Social Security and Medicare. Wow. And I'm the only one in Florida that deals with that. And that's a big issue, and, and uh, so I'll be ideally leading that effort. And I would say of the, the one-third, that's all they have. Another third have uh, some benefits, but not enough to probably live the way they, they'd like to live the next 20, 30 years when they get to be 65 or so. Uh, then you've got a third that are pretty pretty good shape. But my point is these pro programs that started in the 30s and the 60s are critical to our region especially because We've got, we're number five, I think, in the country is the most senior population percentage-wise over 65. And if you took in over 55 and above, we're probably in the top two or three mm -hmm. in terms. And people are counting on those benefits. And that's why when we get all this spending, uh, and why I pushed my first week I got in Congress is a balanced budget amendment like 49 out of 50 governors have. You don't spend more than they give you to spend. And unfortunately, we do, and it's, uh, I think it's a disaster waiting to happen on that front. So these are all great issues and important issues, and they're in great hands with you. 
but how does the divisiveness in DC factor into that? How frustrating is that for you? How how possible is it to get these things done? Yeah, well, I'm I'm an optimist, and uh, even though we're in the minority, the guy that heads up Richie Neal, our chairman of our committee, I took him to dinner for three hours. We talk about what can we do together. There are a lot of things that we can do together. I tell people that hey, we're all Americans. Let's find a way we can get some things done. Let's find common ground. I'm not going to compromise. Things are anti-business or pro-trial lawyer. Just had a vote the other way. I'm not going down those roads. But we've got to find a way that we can come together and be more competitive. I look at the competition isn't as much each other because we're all Americans. The competition is China, Japan, Germany. I'm a competitor, and I want to you know, take all their business. So my point is, that's how I look at it. And the best way we can do that, because people say, Vernon, you seem so pro-business. I'm pro-business because I've created thousands of jobs. It's about the jobs and the families that impact from business that are successful. And as businesses are more successful, they're usually, I find, more generous with their employees. Even myself, over the years, you make more, you have more you can kind of help employees and families and make a difference in you and also help the community as well. And, and Mary, I think we've seen that tremendously with the GCBX members, you know, as their companies have grown, especially in the last few years, we've seen them give back to not only their employees, but also to the community. Absolutely. We always say if you look at any um, philanthropic endeavor in the community, some of the top, top sponsors are always GCBX members. So it's important that their businesses are healthy, that the community is healthy. Those things are, are always important within the community. Um, so speaking about jobs, right now jobs are good. Talk, talk to me more about our job growth and how that's factoring into inflation. Some of these jobs numbers have been a little dismal. It's a little concerning. Well, I think you can look at jobs nationally, and you can look at jobs locally, and uh, we've got to find a way to get more of our folks. Uh, we need more people available here in terms of jobs for our company. That's, that's kind of what I focus on, and pretty much everybody I talk to in this region, uh, they're doing well. They could do better mm -hmm. if they had the workers, and we've got to find a way we can create more incentives. We do have to deal at some point on a bipartisan basis with immigration, where uh, it makes some sense, and I'm not talking about giving free benefits or citizenship or anything like that, but we can get people that can work and give them a two-year permit or something like that, because we do need you know, more workers in this region. Uh, and, you, and the other thought is just when you don't have the workers, guess what? It's just a bigger cost of doing business because you're going to have to pay more. I know that firsthand. I just, you know, I talked to my sons. They'll tell me they got to pay more. I mean, someone there, this idea of $15 minimum wage was unheard of, and I'm not for that. But the bottom line is, even in our business, we don't have anybody getting under 15. We had people that my son was telling me it was $13 or that they were paying a couple of porters, and they walked down the street because they get $16 at another business. And so we had to try to go out and replace them. So the point is, is that one of the biggest issues, I think, is to make sure our kids, and even kids that maybe just have a high school graduate, and I tell people half the millionaires in the country are high school graduates. Mm -hmm. They start in your business, they start in the construction business, they might start laying drywall or whatever they're doing, and then they run the drywall crew, and then they set up their own crew, and then they eventually get in to be a, a, a builder, a developer, and uh, so that's, you see a lot of that. We they, have a lot of those stories. But, yeah, and they're great American stories, because I'm a blue-collar kid. 
kid that's done well. So I, that's why I really applaud entrepreneurship. A couple of young guys here today. You know, this, you. you know, it's just that's what I love to see people being self-employed. I didn't invent the game, but it is a lot a game of business. And you start here, and then we started with two employees, and you build it up in thousands of employees. And I, as I chaired the, the chamber here in Sarasota at the time, we had 2,600 businesses. Uh, I'd say 95% were 15 employees or less. That's who we are as yep. a community. Some now some started you know with five employees, and now they got 100, or they got 80, or they got 50. That's great. But my passion is with the small startups and the businesses would start with a couple of people. You know, Apple. All the, those are American great stories, and that's why I'm so passionate about. Because at the end of the day, if you look at the White House and, and across the street is a U.S. chamber, mm -hmm. and it represents 3 million businesses. And the, my sense is that we should, as a government, help our businesses be more successful in terms of deregulation. I do want to touch on one thing. It's a big issue, is taxes. Mm -hmm. The Democrats did approve uh, a four-day session up there and passed out of our committee. Uh, you know, substantial tax increases. Uh, in fact, it was 46.4% when you add it all up. And then if you happen to be from uh, New Jersey or New York or California, there's another 15%. It's 60%. It's insane. But that's what that's their mindset. And a lot of it's because they're bought and paid by paid for by the unions and the trial right. lawyers. So this passed out of the House and it's it going passed to the out of the House. No, it died when they started Whew. to get yeah. They, <laughs> it passed out. It passed out of the House. Okay, or, you uh, passed me it, for a minute. It passed out of our committee. And, you okay. Know, so, but that that's where they were going with it, and then they decided they couldn't. Uh, sent him a senator from Arizona. She said, no, we're not doing that. And they, they had such a, a thin margin over there. Uh, she was able, her with the senator from West Virginia. Right, Manchin. Both, yeah, Manchin. You know, they just couldn't get there. So now they're coming up with some other ideas. But the bottom line is, you know, there's a mindset up there that, got, you know, government takes care of you from time you're born, to cradle to grave, that type of thing. And that's not, the government's there to, if you need help, we'll help you, but to, is to create an environment to help businesses be more successful. Yeah. A good job is a much better approach yeah, to solving good, some of those yeah, problems. Absolutely. And, and problems. They say the best social program is a good paying job. And Vern, I, I can tell you firsthand, I'm, I was originally born in France, and my dad sold his company because of that very same issue in France. The taxes were just way too high that it wasn't manageable to run any kind of business with substantial employees without dealing with all these headaches. And he realized the opportunities were just being choked left and right, and he couldn't continue doing business as is. So he said, let's go to America where we won't have that problem. Yeah. So it is, it is somewhat disheartening to hear that it is becoming a little bit more of a top of mind issue in the United States, but thankfully there's people like you that advocate. You well, know, for I, I led the effort to cut taxes on pass-through and small businesses, probably about 30% that we went to full expensing, which is a, a, you know, a very big deal. And all you have to take a look at is the people that are moving here. They're moving out of the new Northeast primarily, but a lot out of the Midwest and California, a lot of them are moving into Austin, Texas, and Texas. And you say, well, are they going to really move? They've had their business for multiple generations. Over, uh, They might, might move over 4 or 5%, but when you're talking about 15% more, and I'm not making that up. That's the truth because most businesses are passed through to right. the individual. Yes, they are moving, and they're moving in droves. And the same thing corporately in the world, if we're not competitive on taxes, they're going to go do inversions and they're going to move the companies to different parts of the world. We got to be competitive. That's why we moved it from 35 to 21% mm -hmm. for corporations, because I, I really got, you know, 
it's almost sick over. I don't like the idea. Every every week I'd walk in, we'd have another couple of our big companies that started here in America being bought out by the Germans or the Japanese or something. They're moving somewhere else. Why? Because of the the, the tax difference. And for example, it was I think if you relocated the company to London, it would be half the price. They're at 18 percent. We were at 35. So you don't have to be the lowest. We don't because mm-hmm. we got a lot of other things we bring to the table. But you got to be competitive. Have to be competitive because they're, they're going to move, and that's why you see the massive growth. And as a business person, I always felt like the governor, the Congress. Uh, the, the president, the administration makes a big difference because if I'm a business person, I'm looking to try and expand and grow. I got to get a sense how I feel about the environment. And if the environment isn't a pro-business governor or a pro-business administration, I'm less apt to, to invest. And, uh, but now you got a great governor and, you know, uh, we're in transition in Washington. So hopefully it's going to get better. Well, Congressman Buchanan, thank you for everything you do up there and, you know, standing up for small business. It really is the lifeblood of our local economy. Um, We look forward to you being our keynote speaker and telling us some more about what's going on in D.C. on February 28th at the Hyatt Regency. So we look forward to seeing you there and hearing more from you. Yeah, and thank you, Mary, for your incredible leadership. You've got an organization that's just uh, anything I could ever do because they're the heart and soul in the community. In fact, we've got some of your member companies right now working on expanding some of our facilities, working for, you know, my son. And I am looking... to my ears. Yeah, (laughs) and I am looking forward to... uh, uh, speaking and hearing. It's not just, I, I hope we got time for questions and comments because I want to hear from them. I have my own thoughts and ideas anecdotally what I hear and, and my son's being in business and people I talk to, a lot of our friends are in business. But there's also a lot of other challenges. But I just kind of conclude with this. Even in the world, I've been to 80 countries, I've been fortunate as a blue-collar kid, we're still the best place on the planet. And when you look at the planet or look at the U.S., I think this is the best place in the country to do business. I mean, I'm from Michigan originally to be down here, and it's a lot better to have the wind at your back than in your face. Now, what do I mean by that? And I'll just close with that idea. You know, Michigan had 9 million people in 1970. They still have the 9 or 10 million 50 years later. Florida had 7 million, now they're at 23 million. So if you're doing business and you'd rather have an environment where people are coming and coming, because otherwise up there, you got to take it from somebody. You're growing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I'm very, very bullish on this region, especially Tampa and Naples, and we're in the heart of it. And there's, you know, it's not just me saying that. We were the second fastest growing region in the, in, the, in the state. And so people are doing their homework and they're saying this is the best place. It's gorgeous and in a lot of fronts. And uh, I'm, gonna just, I'm, I'm excited about the opportunity to represent the region. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Vern.